0: Tune in to another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, men make moves and suckers stand still, and as always, on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerve DJ's Radio Network. And Come on, man. It's a special Sunday edition. Usually, I'm on my neck watching football, but Drunken Master is in the building. I don't really need to say anything else because if you don't know who Drunken Master is, you need to go home and really hit the hip-hop research button ASAP. What's good, bro? What up, though?
1: Oh, man, what's up, family? Salute. how you, man?
0: Oh, man, I'm doing great, man, you know.
1: Oh, uh, brother, you know, ha- hey, I'm just happy to be here and proud to be on your platform and, and, and you know, I know we got a lot to unpack, man, so... Uh, oh, my God. And I'm so totally transparent. I, I know it's a lot to, you know... And we, we, you know, it's a lot to talk about, man. So I just thinking to you, here, you know. You have didn't seen
0: the highs good. and lows, bro. Huh? I said you have seen the highs and lows of life well, and sure. the music industry.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, it, it's been a lot. It's a lot to unpack. You know what I mean? All
0: right. So where we want to start, man, as far as musically, how'd you, how'd you get in the game? Like, how, how did you start DJing first?
1: Oh, man. Um. Let's see how did I start DJing? When I started DJing um, back in the early '80s, <laughs> in the '80s, um, I used to roller skate real, real heavy. And uh, me and my partners, we had a little crew. We used to do shows, Detroit, Chicago, all over the place. We used to do shows, and um, I was a floor guard at a skating rink here at Skateland, and uh, no, at a place called the Arcade on um, it was a skate skating rink on on the east side in Detroit. And, um, you know, hip hop happened, man. And, and, and I went and saw, uh, Grandmaster Flash DJing, um, and I was overwhelmed and I ran back to the skate rink and I asked the DJ, my man, fantastic man, Band, smooth man. I asked him to, um, Show me how, to, how that shit worked. I said, man, he had a turntable in his hand. And he was scratching it. They didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Talking about I, I was just talking about what I saw Grandmaster Flash do. You feel me? Right. And um he taught me how to work. This is the crossfader. this is the two turntables. And then um brother was like, I said, I gotta learn this shit. So he said, I'm gonna go to I, I was what they call a bathroom DJ. Like he was like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'm gonna take a piss. Uh don't tear up nothing. Feel me? So I'm up there trying to learn. And then uh, I was so dedicated that I wanted to learn. He said, I got some turntables in my basement at my house. And um, he said, I work midnights at the plant, but you can come over in the morning, just don't make too much noise and practice in my basement. And I would get up at 7 a.m., man, and catch the bus to do a house and, and, and just try to hone my skills. And then thanks like I said, fantastic band. My man, DJ Tony Rome, they taught me mic presence on how to, how to rock a crowd when it comes to, to DJing and how to in, 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 incorporate the MC into mm-hmm. it, being a DJ. And I just took it, put my hip-hop twist on it. And um, the shit just elevated. And I went from there to, to DJing after hour spots. Um, and then when the hip-hop happened, I, I really got into it. Uh, my man, Maserati Rick, rest of the dead, he... Uh, I used to hang out with him. I was one of his little dogs, and, he, you know, he sent his brother Clyde over my house to pick me up and take me to Demetrius Holloway brother, uh, Glenn Cannon, to his studio. You know, I started just working on uh, cooking up beats, and I want to do everything hip-hop, everything but breakdance. Real? real? <laughs> Yo, yeah. wait a
0: Maserati Rick, though, bro?
1: Yeah, yeah, Rick gave me my start. I mean, you know, all the homies was hustling, and, um, you know, I wanted to be a rapper, man. I wanted to, you know, LL and and the Beastie Boys and Ron DLC and, and and Rock Kim and all them cats was out, and I was just overwhelmed with the art form and hip hop, man. So I wanted to do that. You know what I mean? And so he was like, "Well, I'm gonna have my brother come pick you up." Rick, brother Clyde came and picked me up and took me to the studio, and they were like, get that man whatever he need, make sure he good." And they, I had free studio time. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot of it's a lot of layers to it because um um. When I really started doing that, um, my man, Rock Kim, uh, Eric B used to come up here a lot. And, um, um, I was listening to, you know, I was listening to everything hip hop and, uh, Rock Kim said in one of his records, I put it on tape and in the city, I tested you know, on the radio the Oz requested on one of his records. And I considered that to be the blueprint. So when I went to the little studio and started making my little tapes, mm-hmm. um, Every dude with a nice car, I would just give him a tape. I would give him a tape. It wasn't me DJing, it was me rapping. You feel okay. me? Okay. And um then this one guy, he stopped and he said, Man, I got a little studio. Why don't you come over to the studio and uh and check us out? Now, I'm DJing, now I got my skills set together, DJing, rapping, I was a little multifaceted. So I go over to this little shady ass after I was spot where they was at. And um it, it met the he had an artist that I met him doing that Herb Ski back in the day. Okay. And boy, you know it. Two weeks later, they had me in California. You know what I mean? Opening for Slick Rick with with them. I'm DJing behind them, and you know what I mean. And I was just trying to get on any way I could, and it, it 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 just escalated from there. You know, I I, 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 I was doing anything hip hop, bro.
0: Whether and you grew was, up on the east I was, side, I was to right? you part of. It. You grew up on the east excited,
1: side. Like like when. I remember when they, they had the, um, the, the, the newspaper, you know, they didn't have the internet back then. They had all the little Friday newspaper sections. Yeah. Where you could see what's going on in the city that weekend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's one weekend. They had um, the African World Festival downtown. And um, the last closing closing artist, it said, Africa Bambada and Shango. And I lost my mind. I said, oh, my God, that's the Zulu Nation. I caught my homeboy. And uh, he said, man, what you talking about? I said, nigga, we... we Went downtown, man. We down there and shit. And, and, and um, bam, and the Zulu Nation, the Soul signing, fourth minutes came out looking for the perfect beat, dressed like the goddamn British people. I was like, oh, I was just going crazy. <laughs> I was just hip-hop, man. That shit saved my life, you know what I mean? Because it, it really kept me from from diving head first into the dope game because I was around a lot of major, major um, players back in the 80s. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, hip-hop, you know, I wasn't even drunk a master yet. I had about three, four names, three name changes before that shit.
0: Okay, but, so uh, what was the first name?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and it, it, it went from there to trying to go to these music conventions and shaving up my money. And from there, that's how I ended up meeting uh, my man Shug Knight. And I me and him became friends, and we're still friends to this day. Um Thirty-year friendship, you know what I mean, and um, I met him at one of them at the music convention called Jack the Rapper. And uh, me and him chopped it up. for a couple years before you know it. He's like, "Nigga, come on out to California." And That's how. But we didn't get to all of that. But go ahead, brother. I'm, I'm you know, you can keep shooting. Get, I'm, don't, I'm, I'm don't, don't. Down. Go ahead.
0: Matter of fact, hold. On. Let, let me let me do one thing. I'm gonna turn this heat off. So I want to make sure that we can hear you clearly. Absolutely. Cause, cause this is perfect, bro.
1: Thank you, bro.
0: My bad. Um, yo, so what, you grew up on the east side? Yes, sir. Where about? Cadillac and Shoemaker. Oh, okay. Yeah. No wonder. Yo, uh, you, you remember that, uh, the after hours? It was on Van Dyke. I'll take that back. It was on McGratford. Not too far from Van Dyke.
1: Yeah. That's the DJ there called the Gents.
0: Yo, I remember. Matter of fact, me, my cousin Villica, her sister. Yeah, she's hanging
1: out in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nigga, we got and caught that in that bitch the last one time. place that I saw her was in there.
0: Whoa, no. yo. We got caught in that motherfucker one time. This nigga shooting knew, dice. Was,
1: was she pregnant?
0: I think she was. When yeah, niggas start shooting.
1: Hey, look, that was me with her. We went in the basement.
0: Oh,
1: that <laughs> oh nigga. That was me. <laughs> yo. <You know, laughs> the police came in there, man. They sledgehammered my, my, my equipment. They, they were doing all kind of crazy shit. I, that was me, yeah. See how, yo, see how, funny, how the universe is? That was yeah, me,
0: bro. That was a wild ass motherfucking
1: <laughs> night. <laughs> man, we ran in the basement. <laughs> yeah, ankle deep, ankle deep water. Police ran in there, shit, man. They took all my shit. <laughs>
0: yo, that's that's.
1: The yo, that was the DJ. I was DJing that, in there. That's wild,
0: nigga. See? That's so Ain't wild. Ain't that
1: crazy, man?
0: That's so crazy. All right, so um. So let's, let's, a, I, I used to be in love with your
1: cousin, man. I used to be in love with it, but I, but I wasn't. But I wasn't uh i wasn't ready you feel me yeah. she was non-negotiable so whatever she doing salute good, yeah. you
0: know yeah yeah she's good people man good people, yeah she
1: she's she still beautiful what i see
0: yeah 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 um all right so let's 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 go back let's go back a little bit all okay. right so okay so let's 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 fast forward to 50 niggas deep
1: oh man it's so much but see but let me say this you, okay you missing out on the whole lot
0: well, well, you you start where you want to start because,
1: because look, let me let me tell you, the fifty niggas deep was after Death Row.
0: Oh oh, after oh, the, oh, oh, yeah. So Let's go, go back.
1: To, you gotta go to the East West conflict. You gotta go to, to Death Row. You gotta go to the strip clubs, the titty bar DJing, and all of the birth of the Drunken Master. You know what i mean it's a lot that's that's that you're missing out but go ahead brother
0: i'm just no, asking question. no 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 <laughs> bro you, hey you driving this motherfucking ship bro uh, man, so we're gonna go back and okay. you take you you start where you want to start and i'm just gonna listen because right. i need this hip-hop tutorial
1: okay so this so this is where we was at okay so um after our spots i'm djing after our spot i'm talking about like uh the place is like the 19th hole on Shane and Garfield. You mean I'm saying like places the shadiest or the shadiest <laughs> after hours spot. Like DJing in there, to, you know what I mean. I'm just trying to make my way and give me a couple dollars in my pocket and stay out the dope game. You feel me? So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, um, so Rick, I think Ricky got killed, and 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 um, a lot of people started getting going to prison and, and this and the other. So I just start focusing on on hip hop. So while well, I'm in the after hour spots um this one time um a brother um he was like well gonna, I'm gonna t- I'm a- I'm come pick you up and go let's go hang out and we end up he took me on the west side and see I come from a segregated area over here mm-hmm. the gang banging and all that like i live I lived on cattle shoemaker but if you take me across grass you Grassy grass Harper, I would be lost to this day because that was another that was the change in the neighborhood we couldn't go over there so i okay to this day i get lost six blocks away from my house because that's how confined my neighborhood was you know I me mean? back in the pk and Earl flint days
0: gotcha
1: anyway um so anyway dude come pick me up and he take me to the brass key living town. time never heard of the place you know what i mean i'd never really i've been to a couple of little titty bars but you know what i mean so uh, I'm used to the after auto spots with the gambling going on and the, the dope and everything is around you, you feel me? So we go to the legitimate strip club, the brass key. And I go in there, and it just so happened on at on this night, the DJ got fired. It was a big party going on. You know what I mean? And um the DJ had got fired that night. So the guy I was with knew the owner. And he like, hey man, why don't you go holler at Sherman? the dead. Why don't you go holler at Sherman and tell him uh you DJ? So I walked over to the brother. I say, man, you need a DJ? And he played me like I was less than him. Like, get the fuck on, man. Yeah, like, la. Ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, damn, okay. Okay, he was embracing when he talked to me. I said, okay, I ain't tripping. So I, I went on back to sit down, and my man was like, nah, man, why don't you go holler at Ben, Ben Crosby? He was the, mm-hmm. he's like my godfather. You feel me? Ben, he managed the dramatics, he managed Al Green. He ran the High Chaparral. Crystal Palace was his club. He owned that building. Major hit He said, go tell, he said, he said, call Ben. So I called Ben the next day. And Ben said, you mean no punk ass Sherman? Man, fuck that, man. Go on over there the next day, man, and, and take your shit and go to work, nigga. I say so. He was a gangster. You feel me? So the next day, I show up at the brass key, and Sherman, the owner of the key, stopped me and said, You had a bad motherfucker call me, man. You hired, whatever you need. So now, I'm DJing at the brass key. <laughs> now, here's the thing. In the early, in like 91, 92, you couldn't play no hip-hop in the brass key. It was all booty shake music, all dance music. You feel yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. No, no hip-hop, no rap. So I eased that shit into the program before you know it. The, the brass key turned into a major, major uh, hip-hop spot. So while I'm doing that, now everybody buying me drinks, the club started to pop, Monday night became a mainstay, and everybody uh, doing what they do, you know what I mean? And um, this one dude was like um, my man Shant. he said, everybody would send me so many drinks, I'd knock the drinks down, start drinking them, throwing them shit back. And the party going up, and everybody—it's like the drunker I got, the, the the higher I got, the better the party was. You know? <laughs> so, he said, "My man Shannon," he said, "Man, you like you the drunker master in real life, nigga." And I say, Phew. "I say, that's a that's dope ass name." Plus, when I was a kid, I used to train in kung fu. Like when back in the days when they had a kung fu movie downtown at the movie theaters. Oh yes. At, at the Adams and the Madison, oh. in between the movies. Me and my crew would do weapons exhibitions and, 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 and shit like that. I was really into that shit, man. So, Drunker Master just fit me. And then there's one thing, um, there's a thing, a lot of people don't know out there in the world, but there's a thing called, you know the Muse is, right? M-U-S-A? M-U-S-E. Yes. M-U-S-E, Muse. Yes. Yeah. Um, but y'all just don't know, Muse is a person that comes into your life and all they do is inspire you to do something else. You feel me? So, while I'm, DJing and the club popping. This one chick, I I take a trip to New York because I go to New York a lot. I was going back and forth to New York and I was so into the hip-hop culture, I'm trying to see, go to the mecca and see what's going on out there. So I would go out there and when I went out there, I noticed that DJs had mixtapes all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. So I would go there and see DJ Tony Touch tapes, my man DJ Doo-Wop. Ron, G, Kid, Capri, all these tapes. And I would go in the record stores trying to find new music to bring back to Detroit. And I see these niggas tapes all over the place. So this friend of mine, this chick I, I know named Kelly, she hung out with me. She went to New York with me. And the whole time, she's inspiring me, trying to push me to do mixtapes. She was like, I mean, she... We would, we would do be, we would do be doing everything and in the middle. of All that she in my ear, like you should do mixtape, you should do this, you can really do it. You're better than them. You're so excited. You la la la. She was just really just pushing me the whole time. You know what I mean? And, um, we go to the record shop and she, and she, we looking at the tapes and she said, I can even, pre- I can even uh, type up your inserts and we should, you can do it. Let's go back to the city. And when you go back to Detroit, you should do one. And so people always would ask me, a couple of people would ask me for tapes, but I was just shooting a tape, a personal joint, but mm-hmm. not a whole
0: yeah.
1: series, you feel me? So, I got you. Like, my first tape I ever made, Maserati Rick paid me 50 bucks, like, make me a tape, you feel me? So, um, I get back to the city and I drop the tape and I go to Tanya Records over on the east side, Eastern Bell, Grash the Hockey. Oh yeah, I've been there. Um. And and, and um, I was I would go in I went in there with a the tape and I said I got these things called mixtapes you got all exclusive shit I'm hosting it I'm talking shit I'm shouting everybody out it's just it's something n- different and my man Hank he said man get that shit out of here man before we all go to fucking jail man go on with that shit <laughs> and I leave and I said okay so I go around to Chantiques Barry and Josie, I go to Chantiques I said Look, I got this these things called mixtapes and she like. Um, they like, Barry said, "What's that?" I said, "It's just a 90-minute tape, all exclusive music. You got artists on there. You got freestyle stuff that's not, just real, just exclusive shit." And I said, "All you gotta do is play it over the over the loudspeaker in the store. Everybody gonna buy it." And um, he said, "Well, how do you wanna sell them?" I said, "I tell you what. I said we can make money. I sell them to you for five. You sell them to the streets for ten, and we can make some money." And he said, "Okay. Uh, he said, I'm gonna give you a shot." i give you, a, he said, give me five of them. And he gave me $25. I'm like, okay. Now, I only had 10 in my in my, in my my possession anyway. Next day, he called me. He said, this shit's gone. Can I get 10? I said, oh shit, let me start pressing them up. These cassettes now, right. I started doing those. 10 turned into 20. 20 turned into, I need 100. I need this. I need 200. The next thing you know, Doug, now I got two or three different tapes out. I got a slow jam tape out. I got a booty shit tape out. But the hip hop was my mainstay. And me and my crew, you know, the, the little homies on the block, I had them to keep them kind of out of trouble. Mm. I would have them like freestyling at the beginning of the mixtape. My man Bugs and different cats. Uh, hell, Proof would come through. Eminem and everybody would just come and and, and, and fuck with it. Me and Em got into it because I wouldn't put one of his songs on my mixtape the Infinite record, the very first one he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kinda, he had, he had, we, had, we had to squash that but It was serious, but he was just upset because I didn't put it on the tape. Mm-hmm. But he didn't physically put it in my hand and that's how DJ supposed to work. You give me the song, don't send it to me. Right. So anyway, um, we start uh, banging the mixtapes out. And before you know it, every car that I ride in the street riding around bumping my shit. I was like, oh shit, this shit started to take off. So while I'm doing that, Plus I'm DJing at the brass keys on Monday night. I'm popping them off up there. And now I got the west side, east. I got everybody banging Drunken Master mixtapes. Really? But I'm still trying to get on in the music industry. So um, I'm saving up. And then comes Jack the Rapper. That's a, a big a convention that they had in Atlanta in every year, yeah. every summer. Family affair. So I went down. I have been down there for like a couple of years trying to get Russell Simmons to hear my little punk-ass rap mixtape, I mean, my little demos. I'm trying to get on, you know what I mean? And I see Hammer and I see uh, the Fresh Prince, run D M C, c and everybody walking around rich, looking up, and every rapper in the world is there. And I'm like, oh, this is the place to be, you know what I mean? So I go in there, and every year I'm trying to get niggas to hear my, to get my tapes to Russell. I want to be on Death jam, and I'm trying to lie. So this, but every year I would go down there I would see this big muscle bond nigga down there bodyguard or whatever he was doing and we would just chop it up on some street shit every time I see him what's up big dog How, what's up homie you good I see you this year I see you back out here da, 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 let, you want to brew or something uh, we go sit down and have a quick drink woo, woo, not knowing the whole time that should not. you feel me so just um, one, one particular year I said man I ain't taking no demos down there I ain't trying to get nobody to, I'm just going out at party and ho-hop and catch me a little bad bitch somewhere, you feel me? I'm going to all the parties, you know what I mean? So, I was, and I'm down there and I'm chopping up. I met Guru, me and Guru got cool. We sitting there drinking and talking and you look over the corner and they go, Wyclef, sit there playing the guitar, trying to get on it before they was famous. Mm-hmm. And, um, Charlie Wilson, I, I, I really salute Charlie Wilson because he was so, he was so finked out. It was sad to see, man, you know what I mean? In the lobby of the hotel. He would run around and people would say, "Man, get the fuck away from me!" It was like that, so I'm really proud of, uh, of Charlie Wilson's progression. You know what I mean? Because he didn't overcame them demons. You feel me? Yeah. But the Jack the Rapper experience was so crazy because I I mean one time I went in the, in the uh in the um in the in the bar we have a drink and uh it was a white lady sitting there playing the piano. Now mind you, this is when hip hop had basically went, went mainstream. You You right. me? so. I, I go in the bar, and this white lady sitting there playing the piano singing. And I look over, and it's goddamn Tina Marie. And nobody's paying her no attention. She's sitting there playing uh, uh Deja vu. I've been here before. It was the most beautiful thing I ever heard. I've seen there she, She's just blowing that shit. And ain't nobody paying her no mind. Because everybody was more focused on the rap. You right. feel me? Right. So I'm like, damn, this RB shit falling off. So all every year I would see big dog. You know what I mean? mean, We chop it up. What's up, bro? Uh, Not knowing. So this one year, and I never get to this high. This is really the launch of my entire new version of my career because when I um this one year, I'm I'm in the lobby. Everybody hang out in the lobby and shit. All the rappers, all the singers, everybody there. And it's just vibing out. And um this one dude, I overheard him complaining. He was like, yeah, man, DJ Red Alert. Uh, missed his plane and I ain't got nobody to host this goddamn show and it's all fucked up. I got this this chick up in the room and oodle, la, 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 and I'm ear hustling. <laughs> so I walk over and I say, hey, bro, hey, hey, mind this is the time I had the WC boots on and the motherfucking cross colors. Picked. I was looking like, nigga, <laughs> I was looking like a whole <laughs> cloud. <you laughs> know? So, so I walk over to bro and I'm like, hey, man, um, You need somebody to host the show, man. I mean, you know, my name is Dre, man. They call me Drunk Mass. You know, I do it. He said, hey, come with me. And he just walked me in the room. And now I'm in the big room. It's probably a 1,000 people in this room sitting around, all these execs, everybody. It was Warner, Electra, and Atlantic. It was their luncheon. And everybody that's anybody's there. You feel me? And he said, go up on the stage and welcome them to the Spammy affair, blah, blah, blah. So I go up there and do my thing. He said, man, thank you. I appreciate you. And he said, um... He said, you know any comedians that uh can stall for like 10 minutes? And I saw Bad, everybody walking around, and I'm like, there's one guy named Michael Collier. You know him? Oh, yeah. He was walking around just cracking jokes. He had just one star surgery. He was walking around fucking with people. So I pulled him up on stage. I said, bro, can you do 10 minutes? And he said, hell yeah. He went up there and killed it. You know him? And, and this was uh, Robert Harris, Baby Kids, all that shit was just coming out. I think Robert about just passed. But... Mm. So now, my man said, good looking out on, on, on hosting this show. He said, you, come with me. You want something to eat? And I'm like, yeah. So we go to another ballroom. And um, I forgot the name of the company. But the hottest record in the country at that time was It's Our Anniversary by Tony, Tony, Tony. Okay. I don't know what year that was, 93, 92. So I, we go backstage, and Tony, Tony, Tony's on stage performing. Shit's huge. And they got this big-ass buffet back there. <laughs> and he said, man, get you something to eat, dog. And I broke his hell, So I said, shit, give me some chicken. I'm eating. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this one dude came out there. Excuse me, who the fuck are y'all? Y'all can't be back here. That's Tony, Tony, Tony's food. And I just sat there. I'm cheating I'm still eating. I don't care. And um, brother that was with me, he said, well, I'm the entertainment coordinator for this entire convention. And since you being a smart mom, he said, y'all got five minutes, so I'm going to pull the plug. And he grabbed his walkie cup, like, give me some security back here. And I'm thinking, like, oh, shit, I'm with the boss. I mean, I ain't not with the boss. This He's a, you know what I mean? So next thing you know, my man, motion to Tony, Tony, Tony. And they instantly cut their show short and went right into It's our Anniversary. I swear to God, I was like, wow. And he said, man, I don't care about none of this raps. These niggas, want for the BR. he said, I got two artists, and if they blow up, I'm going to eat forever. And the, the group was the 69 boys and... Ninety-five, South, there. Whoop! There it is. That was his group. He said, "I don't yeah. care about nobody else. I don't care about that shit." So now, what me and do? He said, "You ain't never got to pay to get in this convention again." I'm like, "Bet I, I got on." So now I'm sitting there with, chopping up with him, and we stand in the lobby, and uh, a brother named Kevin Black walks up. You know, Kevin Black. No. Anyway, Kevin Black was the was the 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 uh, director. He was basically the director of promotion for Death Row in Interscope he walks up and he says, I got a message from Suge Knight because uh, the Chronic album wasn't out yet, but Dre Day was out and they was beeping with Luke. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And he says, I got a message from Death Row and Suge Knight. Um, if uh, if they don't do their song, we won't do ours. And, and, and my man Barry, he didn't Barry do Barry looked at, looked at Black and said, well, you got to talk to drunk because drunk running the shit. And he walked away. Bear didn't care about none of that shit. So now Kevin Black comes to me and say, hey man, you running the, you you and I'm like, yeah. He said, okay. He said, man, um, uh, hey, hey, can I throw you something to walk on stage with this uh bill with this uh picket sign I said coming soon, Snoop Dogg? I'm like, hell yeah. He's paid me a little money and shit. Now I'm hosting the whole rapping in this car, rapping in the AM. I'm hosting that shit. 30 groups on this one show. Pop, breed, Wu Tang was new. Fat Joe was new, all these artists, and I'm the host of the show. You feel me? And I'm like, damn. So now now I'm I'm, I'm starting to, in, 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 in the midst of all the bullshit, somebody said, Suge Knight lost his telephone. Lost his cell phone. So everybody looking around for this man's telephone. And it just so happens how the planets line up, this girl that I was down there with found the phone in one of the stalls in the bathroom. And I said, give me that nigga's phone. Who is this should Knight nigga everybody talking about? I got his phone. So all the homies, hey man, give me the phone. I said, nah, no, nah, nah. I'ma get that man his phone himself. I got to see who this nigga is, you feel me? And next thing you know, the, the seas parted and here comes shoe. And he looked at me and said, man, that's my motherfucking dog. I said, no, that's my motherfucking dog. I'm like, you Shiv Knight? He like, yeah. He said, man, we got Dr. Trey, we got a stupid dog. We woo woo woo. like, what you doing? I said, man, I'm hosting this shit, waiting on you to put me on. <laughs> that nigga gave me his number And said Call me on Tuesday He said call me when all this Hollywood shit over Give me a call nigga And I went all back to doing what I was doing and shit And I came back to the crib Back to the brass tee Back to DJing And I looked at him I said Let me call this nigga What's up dog He said that nigga say, man I thought you wasn't gonna call me nigga He said man come on out here to California man And fuck with your man I said nigga I ain't got no money like that To be jet setting with you rich niggas He said look man I'm a." Connect you to my assistant, send me your name, and come on out here. I got you. And, and then he said, And by the way, bring a bad bitch with you, nigga. See if you got some play about yourself, nigga. Click. <laughs> and, and, and I asked, Look, I asked every stripper I knew, every bitch at the club. Uh, nobody believed it. I said, Look, I need you. To come out here with me. I can go fucking Snoo. Thought doggy, thought it that, Nobody believed this. I couldn't get nobody to go, but I got my girl. Her name was Anita. Bless the dead. Anita went out there with me. And, um, you know, and it was a red carpet. He introduced me to the homies, introduced me to Big J. And before you know it, nigga, I'm a death row inmate. I'm hanging out with the homies. And, and, and now I'm working. I'm getting a check. And I, my life just went through the roof. And then after the East West shit happened, you know what happened after that? And then the 50 Niggas Deep came. Now, where we at, man? Because I know we got a lot more to talk about. Man. This is a crazy uh, story, bro. Crazy the, the 50 story, Niggas
0: man. Deep. That, that's where we at.
1: All right, so now while I'm on the road with Death Row while I'm touring and, and after the East-West conflict and all the pop shit and all the shit going on, so now while we on the road, I'm I'm creating relationships along the way. Like we might go to a club in, in Cleveland or in Alabama or in Tennessee somewhere and we go to club and party and throw money around and pop bottles and Death Row in the building and, 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 and all that shit. But while I'm working these records, I I pull the DJ to the side and say, "Hey man, give me your number, dog. I might come back out here and fuck with y'all on my own." You feel me? Right. And, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, big homie. <laughs> so after Bro go to jail, after she'll go to jail, and Death Row kind of collapse, and uh, all the homies and shit start dying, and all this shit. My life was in jeopardy for a minute. When it came to all of that, you feel know? me? Um, but when, um, you know, when all the shit when the smoke cleared, I came back and started doing what I was doing on the mixtape side and then back at the club. And um, when Fifty Niggas Deep popped, it was a mixtape intro. You know, every 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 mixtape I do a freestyle at the beginning of the mixtape just to show the the youngsters and the, and the OG that I still can spit bars. You know what I mean? Right. So. I dropped the, a 50 niggas deep freestyle at the beginning of one, and then at the end of the other one, at the end of the tape, I would have 50 bitches. I said, these are the bitches I like. Them bailed me out of jail. And, before oh, you know it, I walk in the club two, three weeks later, and the DJ playing, playing 50 niggas deep. And me, I'm insulted. I'm like, fuck these DJs playing my mixtape. These lazy-ass niggas ain't doing shit playing my mixtape. Nigga, nigga, play your own shit. I, I'm, that's my mindset. You feel know? me? So, and they was like, no, nah, nigga, that record hot. That record can go. And I'm like, that shit? They's like, yeah. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, now I'm getting calls from the radio station. And they like, you got a clean version of that? I'm like, clean, version? I'll get you one. Don't give me a second. You know what I mean? So, now I'm trying to find a female to do the the, the bitches part. You right. know what I mean? It, it, it was all me at the beginning. You know, bail me out of the jail, bitches. Do the bitches I like, you feel know I me? Mean? So I go to the back to death row. I go to the Up and Smoke Tour. They get to they come to town. And uh corrupt and all the dog pines niggas call me drunk, we in the city, nigga. Come pull up, nigga. We at the Athenium. Alright, nigga, I'm on my way. So I get down there. Shout out my man Slim Pickens, by the way. You know what I mean? But uh I uh, I get down. Down to the upper smoke, I mean, down to the Athenium, to the hotel, everybody there, and um, Sugar in prison, you know what I mean? So, I, um, Corrupt introduced me to Lola, you know what I mean? And Corrupt, like she rapped. And I'm thinking, because I had the studio session booked, the big studio, I had it booked, because I did the actual 50 Niggas Deep in my basement.
0: Right.
1: I had the big studio booked to do the real, to do it, to, to, to really record it the right way. Right, but I didn't have no artist. I didn't have no girl to do it. Um, I asked my girl Bombshell from here. Remember Bombshell, Corey Blake? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I asked Bombshell. She came and did it. Not as the bitch studio, but in pre-production, and I love Bombshell. Salute her. But nobody knew. But she did it first. You know what I mean? I wrote it. She she did the you know the version of it, but it didn't fit my agenda. I, you know what I mean, with all due respect to her, she yeah. was. She was too powerful of an MC. And I needed something delicate. Yeah. That's the way I would work that. I needed something delicate. And she was so powerful as an MC. That's an artist. She was an artist. She was true. But it just didn't work out. So Corrupt introduced me to Lola. And um I'm like, what you doing on um what you doing on um on Tuesday? And she like nothing. I said, Come to the studio. I gotta hit record if you want to be on it. And she said, Hell yeah. So she came by. And I'm like, just say what I wrote. Say it. She's like, why I got to say this? I was like, Jay-Z, it doesn't matter. It gets the people going. Just say it. You know? <laughs> why I got to say it, then, then Who you calling bitch bitches? I just say it. That shit is dope. Trust me. You know what I mean? So shout out Lola because she really uh, gave birth. She, she gave, she breathed life into that record. You know what I mean? Shit so was Fire. She, she she breathed life into it. Yeah. And it's funny because people come and she killed you on that record. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, nigga, I wrote that shit, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she did. And that was the game plan because I didn't want to be a rapper. I want to be an no artist. You know what I mean? I rap because that's in my blood, but I, I'm i trying to make the shit pop. You know what I mean? Right. By any means. And, and then that thing, you know, um, the record started taking off. And, my man Jay Star from New Jersey, he called me screaming one day, like "Nigga, Funk Master Flex dropping bombs on your record!" Ah! and I'm like, "Man, what Funkmaster Flex?" That's what i was thinking, because I'm still got death row ties. I'm thinking like this nigga was on the radio, had our trailer shot up in New York, with the dog pound Man, Ah, I'm, I'm carrying baggage. You know what I mean? I feel you on that one, though. And and, and, uh, and all that shit, man. And um, you know, another quick thing for the New York DJs, I got a lot of love and respect for them niggas, and I ain't never, I never told nobody this story. And this is an intellectually petty radio exclusive right here. But this is the funniest shit ever, right? When after Pac passed, and there was a lot of bootlegs going around with Mac Belly and all all those tapes everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the first one I heard, it was a Clue tape, DJ Clue, right? I don't know who did it, but somebody had made a Clue tape. And at the end of the Clue tape, there was a whole bunch of unreleased Tupac records. So I was mad. You feel me? I still, she'll get prison. So I called death row office. I called Roy Tashbury. I call the nigga Roy. I said, man, get that nigga Clue on the phone. <laughs> he called <laughs> Clue. Hold up. He called DJ Clue up, right? And, uh, and I'm checking the shit out of him on the phone. I'm like, nigga, when I see you, nigga, it's up. I'm gonna fuck you up on site. And nigga, you got this Tupac shit on this record, on your mixtape, all over the nigga, you booting that nigga, I'll fuck you up, and I'll kill you, nigga. And he like, whoa, 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 whoa. He was, nigga, he was, it was. to me, he was fine. He was like, nigga, oh, come on, brother, we can talk about this, and it ain't about all that. I said, nigga, yes it is, nigga, it's on on site. And he he didn't want no smoke. And uh, he said, I don't even like Tupac, that wasn't me. I said, you don't like Tupac, I'm gonna really fuck you up, baby. (laughs) It was so funny. Roy, get that nigga off the goddamn phone, nigga. Click. If, if who see me, I'm going to physically and just walk up and apologize because I had that nigga in the fist grease. It wasn't even him. It was somebody else, man. But it was funny as shit. Anyway, back back to the story. So, um, we get to, <laughs> uh, so now we, football get wind of the shit and the shit end up taking off. You know what I mean? And, and, and it was just crazy, but, and, and, and I always reference my man, Shield because that's my duo. We talk still t- twice a week. We got some shit working, too. But um, it was funny, because my record was, like, number one in Detroit, number one in Cleveland. It was number one in a few places. And I was tripping, because my phone hadn't rung. I said, nigga, I come in. no record label's calling me? Shit is weird. I got the number one record. Every time I turn on the radio, they playing my shit. Somebody need to be calling me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, Sugar Prince, he was in Mule Creek. I wrote him. And um, I said, nigga, call me. And he reached out called me. What's wrong? I said, man, look, man, uh, I got this record. and uh, Ain't nobody, my phone ain't ringing, nigga, everybody. I'm not one in a couple of different markets. And he said, call the officer and talk to Roy. Roy Space, salute Roy. So I called Roy. He's the manager of death row. I called him. And he said, you got BDS on your record? You know what BDS is, right?
0: They counted the, the, the spins?
1: Yeah. But it's it's a it's a it's some computer shit. It was right. early in the game. It's right. called broadcast data systems He was like, You okay. got BDS on the record. I said, man, I don't even know what that shit is. He said, man, he sent me the papers, filled that shit out, and less than a week later, every record label in America was waking me up in the morning. And, and, and next thing you know, Fubu came to town, heard the record, and she That shit was the sky's the limit. Next thing you know, I'm on tour, got my bus. All this crazy shit going on, man. It was just an unbelievable ride, you know, unbelievable ride. My bad, brother. Next question, no, my man. I just bro. got I one man. question
0: though. You think Go. FUBU was the right move?
1: Do I think it was?
0: Yeah, looking back,
1: in hindsight, it had to be. Okay. It had to be because um, there was a, a, a situation that happened, um, and I'm not trying to throw nobody under the bus. Because because my baby didn't know, but um, uh, Lola, what it was was, um, when I, when Universal flew me to New York to negotiate the song, I'm thinking, well, shit, y'all just gave baby thirty seven million in cash money. I want some M's, nigga, you know. And I, you want to be, I ain't trying to be no artist. I want to be Jermaine Dupree. I want to be the nigga behind the scenes, you feel me, and and, and I had, to, in my mind like, Lola was going to be my artist, and I was going to be the writer, and I was just going to be the, the nigga behind the scenes making it pop. Right. So when I got out there and I'm negotiating the deal, um, they was like, well, what about old girl? And I said, well, she's she been with me for a couple of years, man, my peoples, man. We, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're like, do you have paperwork on her? And I'm like, Nah, but, stay, but stand by. So I got on the phone and called. I called Lola. I said, baby, I told you I would never betray you in this game. I got you. And this, that, and the other. And look, all I got to do, all we got to do is just put up some kind of paperwork, and we got some millions on the floor. We can go get it. You feel me? Yeah. And she was like, she was young, kind of green. It, it, it was a, 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 a whirlwind landslide for her. Right. Experience, you know what I mean? So she was like, I'm confused. And I said, confused about what? She said, This is just so overwhelming and it happened so fast, I don't really know. And I said, I tell you what, I'm gonna hop on a plane, swing back to Detroit. I said, We can draw up an agreement together. Me and you can draw this shit up together. Why do we get some paperwork to lock this thing in and we're gonna get these millions of dollars? And she was like, okay. So by the time I got, I jumped on a plane. And by the time I got off the plane, she had signed to somebody else. Wow! She, she signed to a hairdresser on Seven Mile. I'm gonna be honest. Bless the day, Mister Little. What was his name was? Damn! I ain't against him, but I was like, God damn! So now the bag has been fumbled. You feel me? Yeah. And Universal. They like, well, we're going to have to kind of ease off, but we have one situation that you might be interested in to help you rebound from that mega hit you just took. Mm-hmm. Fubu have an album out where they got, they got an album project, and Corrupt is giving them problems because he signed to another label called Entra. And the, the first song was called The Good Life. It was supposed to be Corrupt, Nate Dog, and Nas. Yeah. You know and it ended and, up being
0: uh, LL with them,
1: right? Uh, no, no. It ended up being Corrupt. It ended up being corrupt. Nate Dog, They took Nas... They put 54 Platoon, my homies from New Orleans. That was the artist that Fubu had signed. Okay. They put them on the record. And when it came time for the video, Nas was like, who is them dudes? Y'all got to make it like they with me. They said, why don't you take them off and put my brave hearts on there? And we can make it an East-West reunion. It's all love. And Fubu said, nope. And Now they stuck. So now I said, well, I can't be in that video. Now I get a call from Universal saying, hey, man, you want to do your video? I said, yeah, my video got to be in Detroit. They say, nah, uh, we got this. We got the camera crew and the models and we got everybody in Miami and we have no talent. Can you come? And I said, is this going to cost me any money at the end of the day? They said, not a dollar. It's coming out of FUBU's budget. They said, call about 20 of your homeboys too, man. Free tickets to Miami. So it was Memorial Day weekend, too. So we were like, nigga, we going to Miami shoot this video. (laughs) And went down there, shot it. And then when we shot it, I didn't like it because it looked like a Fubu commercial. Everybody wearing Fubu shit. And I'm like, nigga, this shit too pretty. nigga deep ain't that type of record. So we had to go to New York, and we shot some more of it in Queens, grimy parts. And it worked out, man. It was just a good video, but it took. Um, it took my situation to another level. Or you know what? I'm on rap city in the basement, or you know what? I'm on tour and you know, I made money. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to take your lumps through the game. And I'm not mad at Lola. I love Lola. Ain't nothing she could do wrong. I mean, that's my sister. That's my little sister right there. It and, and Lola. She made a bad call. Huh? I mean, it happens, man, but you yeah, can't. we all do. You know, she was young and didn't know. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, I get it. You know what I mean? A lot of people, you know, when you. When you're looking like something to eat a lot of a lot of people start gathering around
0: yeah
1: you know what i mean like, like when my record started to pop people was looking my pops had me to the side and he said man look out that window because i would pull up on the block and he said look out the window and there'd be 20 30 people just showed up all of a sudden and he said you see them niggas out there every one of them want something from you he said never forget that so that's how that ended up but it it, it was a still a, a mind-blowing situation you know what I mean? And um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know what I mean? And if the one thing we did for the city and one thing that we did in this game is that we put a jersey up in the rafters because 22-3 years later, they still playing this shit. And it's Nigga, people I, that I wasn't still bumped. I yet, literally know the playing that shit last week. Though. At least I did one thing right.
0: Nigga, you know? I, still, I still bumped that shit. Thank like, you. I appreciate legitimate. it. Legitimately. <laughs> um, what else we
1: got, man? You know, Yo, okay, we so. Got left. we to go to my go to prison? I went to prison. Y'all
0: yes, to I know. I, I, that's the, I, that literally was about to be my question. Like, uh, how you man, go from that to man, getting man. caught with 20 bricks?
1: Man. Yeah. You know. Um, And, and, and of course, you got to discuss my clemency. You feel me? Because, you know, I did get pardoned by the President of the United States. So.
0: Salute to, salute to, to him for that. Now. Here we go.
1: Um, You know, like, people um, make unwise choices. But sometimes, life is about choices and you got to make, and the choices that you make, whether they be wise or unwise, you got to stand on the outcome of it. Yeah, You got to stand on it. You feel me? And yeah, um, you know, money gets slow, and, 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 then my, and then another thing is that my son um, has autism. You mm-hmm. feel me? He, he's a uh, high-functioning. Salute, DeAndre. <laughs> he um brilliant dude, man. Love him. But I'm trying to, I was trying to advocate and trying to get money for better health care and better uh, schooling to deal with people that's on the spectrum of autism. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And, um, you know, uh, jumped out there in the mud with them bricks, swung a few of them, swung a lot of
0: them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounded like it, nigga. You don't, the average nigga's not getting caught with 20 of them things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was up the line man. I was, I, was, I was moving and grooving in some big circles. You know what I mean? um, It was all good. I I can't trip. You know what I mean? It it, it was just a choice that I made. And I jumped out there and I got busted. You feel me? I ain't going to say how I got busted or who did what or who said what. All I know is that when when the the police got me, I kept my mouth shut. And I stood on what I stood on. You know what I mean? And, and, And what was crazy, I ain't got a heart like Hitler, but I was facing life in the state of Alabama. You feel me? And, um... Hey, I'm trying to, even though I was, wasn't really in my, my, in my right mindset because my two weeks before, about a week before I got arrested, my, my pops had just died. And my mm. mom died in my arms in 2011, so I had abandonment issues like the world, like I ain't got nothing left. It's over, you feel me? So I jumped in the mud. And, um, you know, when my lawyer said, oh, man, they're talking mandatory life, no parole, I'm trying to justify it. I said, well i got more life behind me than in front of me any motherfucking way, man. Whatever the chips going to happen, it's going to happen, nigga. My lawyer was like, damn. I I said, yes, I feel. You feel me? So um, he said, when you you go to plead, don't plead nothing. You feel me? Because if you plead guilty or not guilty, it locks you into the state charge. Now, so he said, just stand mute. Don't say shit. I didn't say nothing. He said, if you sit for probably about six, seven more months, the feds going to pick this case up because it's high profile. Feds came. Marshals came and took me up out of there. And now I'm in federal custody. And once the feds pick it up, we was waiting for the state to dismiss it. And by the time they said, well, we want proof of your uh, indictment. I said, send me the indictment. They sent. It. Did they dismiss it? No. I said, dang. <laughs> and now they want proof that I pled guilty. I pled guilty to the, to the Fed charge. And the guidelines is 10 to life. Roll the dice, and did a blind plea. Guilt. Fuck it. I played guilty. So now I can get anything from 10 years to life. You feel me? But I did the challenge. T- so they said, Did they dismiss the state charge yet? I said, nope. I said, Are oh, they trying to cook me? As soon as you finish the fed charge, he come to state saying, You got some more case, You put some more time to do. I said, Fuck it. I'm already locked in. So now. I plead guilty, I get sentenced. 10 years, 120 months. I've already been sitting for probably about 14 months. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I'm sitting, I'm I'm like, okay. Uh, I take the 10, you know what I mean? And um, the judge, he threatened me, trying to get me to rap. He like, he pointing the gavel at you. You sure you don't want to drive? No, sir. And he said, I can give you life now. I said, I know you can, not I just hope you don't. You know what I mean? he looked, I gotta give you 120 months. So he gave it to me. Now I'm in transit. On my way to prison, I went to like five different spots where I landed. And um by the time I got to my fourth, I think fourth spot, I called home. And um, it was like, congrats. They said you're lucky because they, they just dismissed your case in Alabama. So now I had to do was lock you in for the 10 years. Mm-hmm. Which really was eight okay. after the, Yeah, after, the after you God already church. served. So now I'm locked in. And I'm sure how God worked, man. That's why I always tell people. I said, man, look, God love me, and you can't hate what God love. Cause the shit that I've been through, bro. So now I'm, I'm in, you know, so now I'm in prison, trying to walk this shit down. So I got okay, eight years. I said, can I take the drug test? Yeah, I'm a dope thing. Don't even do no dope. Yeah, I'm a dope fiend. Can you take the drug test? I'm mean, can I take the drug class. That that knock a, a, a year off your back end. You know? They said, yeah, you can take that. So now I sign up for that. So I get ready to go to the drug class it's called RDAP go to drug class, and the dude said, it's too early in your bit to do the drug class. You might as well go sit down for a few more years, because if you get caught with an extra, you steal an onion, an apple out the damn uh chow hall, you'll lose your time back. You're walking on eggs here. So I said, okay, I ain't gonna take it yet. So now I'm sitting there in prison, walking these eight down, and here come COVID. <laughs> because of the pandemic. You feel me? And the pandemic come, I catch COVID in prison, but kick it, get better. It felt like I had the flu. I felt all right. It wasn't wasn't as bad on me. But I saw people a lot of people left here for that. You know what I mean? A lot of people died. But I I was fortunate. So now Donald Trump invokes the CARES Act. And the CARES Act says if you've done half your time with no blemishes on your on your jacket, you can go home and do the rest of it on home confinement. And I'm like, okay. So now I might have some action. They said you might be able to get it. Trump loses the election, so now shit. Here come Biden. I'm like, oh shit. And the the pandemic was probably about a year old. So and, and they said the CARES Act was only supposed to be for a year. So in March, it would end. March of 2021, it would end.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm like, damn. They said you might not make it. And I'm thinking, oh fuck it. I'm just walk this time down. You can't uh. Don't piss on my shoes and tell me it's And I ain't trying to get my hopes up to come home. Fuck it. You know what I mean? So now Biden comes back to, comes in office, and they said, we waiting on Biden to extend it, to extend the CARES Act, to extend the pandemic. And about a week before it, it, it ended, before before uh, the CARES Act was to set to expire, Biden extended it. And they called me to the office and said, Mr. Harris, you're going home. You got to go to... Uh, to um, quarantine for 21 days so they tested me again for COVID and now I'm sitting in a whole other unit where everybody's getting ready to go home which wasn't but about 20-30 people I thought I was in the sports bar no police, you can't walk the compound so now they're bringing you your food you are sitting back chilling, police ain't gonna come in there everything was cool and um, they sent the police to my house to check to see if it wasn't no you know, it was a good address and they checked right. the address out and next thing you know on the 21st day they came to pick me up in a truck and took me to the front office, took the money off my books, put it on a debit card, and drove me to the Greyhound station and left me. They said, bye. go home." They said, now go to the halfway house. You got 24 hours to get to the halfway house so they can get you an ankle monitor. I go jump on the Greyhound. First, first I'm downtown in West Virginia. Like, damn, I can't believe what this shit did. It's fucking free. So I, I went back to Walmart, uh, to the dollar store whatever it was, and bought a little cell phone. And I'm sitting, nigga, I'm about to come home. (laughs) And I jump on the bus. I I caught the Greyhound home. I wanted to see the world. I'm I'm on the Greyhound looking around. And I finally get back to the city. I go to the the halfway house. They put an ankle monitor on me and give me a cell phone. They give you a cell phone. And they say, keep this phone charged. We're going to call this phone. Just make sure you're where you're supposed to be at all times. And they say, now, you got a ride home? I say, yeah, 963-7000. (laughs) <laughs> they say, what? They say, man, you better catch your Uber, man. That shit don't exist hardly no more. <laughs> Jumped in the Uber and went home. And there I sat for about a year. And I'm sitting at the crib. I can't leave. I go if I go off the porch, my tether would go off. I'd sit at home on, on house arrest, stuck. And I'm like, a couple people came to see me and I'd sit at the crib. And um, my case manager, she said, you should put in a a, a request for clemency. All he can say is no. So I filled out a clemency request. Dear Mr. President, can you please blah blah blah? Explain my situation, explain my story to him. Mailed it off. And I sat there and then one Friday, my phone rings a year later. Mr. Harris, uh, congratulations, the president of the United States is gonna blah blah blah. And I said, man, get the fuck. Who playing on my phone? I hung the phone up. <laughs> hung the phone up. Dude call right back. He said, no, no, this is serious. He said he haven't signed yet, but he's gonna sign today. They say don't tell nobody. But you come, you, you you're about to be free. And I'm like, what? He picked you. Yeah, you, you've been picked, you've been selected by Joseph R. Biden, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. I'm phone up and screaming, like, oh, it's on, it's up. So now <clears throat> I gotta wait. So about I go back to sleep, but I start thinking to myself, I said, man, somebody playing on my phone still. I still didn't believe. So about three hours later, after I wake up, I call, I look at my caller ID, and I dialed a number back. They're like, Bureau of Prisons, how may I help you? I said, oh, shit, that shit was serious. He said, yeah, but he's getting ready to sign in a few minutes. Um, stay tuned. Stay by, stand by. We'll call you soon as. hung the phone up. And about 10 minutes later, they called me like, congratulations. And, and here's funny how God works, right? It was over almost 6,000 people that applied, that, that asked for clemency. And in out of All them people, I'm the only guy in the state of Michigan that got it. Out of all the people that asked, I'm the only, he picked 31 people nationwide, and I'm the only dude in Michigan that end up getting, getting some action. Yo. My man Southwest T, BML, he said, how'd you do it? I said, nigga, I just asked. I couldn't even tell you how fuck I did. God did. You know what I mean? But um, it's a blessing to be home, and I got a lot of shit working. You know what I mean? Okay, where we at next, man? Because I'm, I'm just, you know.
0: We at 2 time? o'clock. Huh? We had two o'clock
1: I I know oh, Rita was two o'clock. Oh, man. so I can do my my shameless plugs, what I got going.
0: Oh, absolutely. nigga. And, and, and look, you, your ass going to have to come back, bro.
1: Oh man. It's so much to unpack. Cause you know what? Yeah. Um, yes. We, I got a, a thing we did that, um, that's coming out Christmas with the, uh, for the hip hop 50 with the source magazine. Uh, and it's called the, um, uh, the night that changed hip hop. And it's about when we was at the source wars, when, my bro got on stage and shit all in the video. No, I was with him when he did when he did that. Um, so really? we'll unpacked that. And um a lot of conflict happened and a lot of a lot of friction, man. And, you know, it's a lot to talk about, man. That's why an hour probably wouldn't be enough, but I appreciate you for having me. Um stay tuned. Um I got a movie coming out called Finders Keepers. Um salute, think it's the game entertainment. My man Big Fly down there in Atlanta. That's Wife and Lucci and Rich Homie Kwan, the uh, old label, with my man standing behind me and he putting this shit together. I'm actually one of the writers on the Shield Night Story that's coming up, uh, the movie, I mean, the uh, series for that. So, uh, and then me and Shield, we got some shit working. And plus, I got a new mixtape called the Welcome Back Mixtape. The King is Back. It comes out in about a week. And it's got a big surprise, a giant shock that's going to shatter the internet uh, on there. So we got that, a lot of new artists, and I got a lot of shit working, man. A lot of artists. I'm gonna put an album out, a uh, uh, um, compilation album, so I can showcase some new artists. And I'm just happy to be home and working, man. And I'm and, and I'm recently about to be divorced, so I'm about to be back in the uh, back in the uh, back active, back in the, in the, in the food chain. So ladies, you know, yeah, yeah, you know. And it's I'm a boy up. Look, I'm 30 pounds lighter. I'm in shape. Working every day. Working for the city of Detroit, man. I'm doing well, and I'm just blessed and too blessed to be stressed. And before I leave, I'm sending love, peace, and respect out to everybody that deserves it and fuck everybody else, you hear me? Intellectually petty radio, baby. You hear me? No anyway, go ahead. What else you got? We're closing, man. It's just 2 o'clock. <laughs> I told you I was going to talk you to death. You ain't got two questions. No, no. I told you everything. You ain't have two questions.
0: I, I don't care, bro. Like, I I listen more than I talk with anybody. That's well, you should, bro. So, yo, you, just make sure you come back because I... We got some shit to still unpack. You got a lot of shit to unpack because I need to hear about the Source Awards.
1: Uh, source Awards, um, you know, East-West Conflict. I was in the middle of that, man. A lot of shit happened, man. And and, and, and I'm, I'm a soul survivor, bro. You know? Yeah, you see my, my, my hardware back here in, in, in my in my studio space. I got too much room to even put plaques on the wall right now, man. I got a lot more coming. So
0: we working, and, man. and we need to talk about niggas, the niggas that walked away. Your people uh-huh. that, that didn't, the, the motherfuckers that didn't hold you down while you was locked up or going through the, the hard times. Well, let, you, me, let talk me say this, that.
1: man. That's that's for them to to deal with, not me. You know, when I first came home, I had issues. I, I was mad. You know what I mean? But at the same time, um, COVID was out here, man. Life be life, man, bro. People got shit to do, and you can't hold nobody accountable. They gotta hold themselves accountable. When they look themselves in the mirror, all I know is that I stood on mine. I look in the mirror. I know I didn't rattle nobody. I know I didn't, I, you know, I took my time, took my lump, and kept it pushing. And for anybody that, that didn't come see me, because let me say this, I sat down for almost six years and didn't have not one visit. And I wasn't but seven hours away from here. Mm. They knew, I. everybody knew where I was at, but not one visit, bro. Not one visit. Shit got dark for me, man. I was in a dark space, but I started writing. And start. started preoccupying my mind because I was about to crash out, and I already stabbed niggas and clown that ten years could have turned into an elbow real quick, but for the people who didn't uh, step up, that's for them to worry about. I still, I still got love for everybody, man. Because this thing could have went sour. It could have went way differently. You know what I mean? Instead of me sitting here talking to you, I could be uh, a hashtag on somebody's t-shirt. So I'm just blessed and happy, and I ain't looking back, brother. You know, and, and I salute everybody. I, 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 I accept everything, the good and the bad, because it's all a life lesson, man. You know what I mean, and a lot of people uh, don't understand that life is a precious thing, brother. And, and, and ain't nobody getting out of here alive. Mean? So you just gotta walk it the way you're supposed to walk it, and do right by others, man. And don't worry about. I can't. I can't worry about how the next man feel and what he do. That's on them. Because I know I'm gonna be all right at the end of the day. Because like I said, God love me. You can't hate what God love. It don't add up. <laughs> man. On
0: that note, like, that, yo, it's been an honor, bro. Oh yeah, uh, man, and, hey, and, hey, and decades in the making
1: Miller for putting this together. You know oh, what I mean? Shout I got out the Hunter best manager, 12, my manager, Latrell McNary. You know what I mean? So, uh, the Almighty Coalition DJ family, uh, uh, B, my BMB family, Big Peanut. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Big Simon, Shield Knight. Shout out my man, Big Fly. I think it's a game. And shout out all the real ones that kept it real. And shout out even the ones that didn't. It's all love. I'm back, baby. The king is back. Coming soon. Yeah, no doubt,
0: man. On that note, man, we out of here. Y'all already know, man. This is Job. Salute. And this has been another episode of Intellect D. Y'all can Andy hit Radio. me at
1: One Drunken Mask. One Drunken Mask. Official One Drunken mass on all platforms, man. DM me, man. Run my numbers up or something. Somebody all right, I got something. You. What's act like up? y'all love me at once but once in your miserable ass <laughs> life. Hey,
0: hey, thanks for having me, homie. No doubt, man. You have a good one, bro. Salute, bro. Salute. <laughs> yo, yo, yo! Look, bro, it's getting redundant. you already know I only rock with legends on this show. So it, today was no abs. It was absolutely no exception, man. Drunken Master, come on, man! And, and we didn't even scratch the surface on the story. You know, I we're gonna do whatever we can to get the brother back. Truly, 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 truly appreciate him. Uh, and shout out to my manager. I got the best best manager this side of China, actually, in the galaxy, in the, in the stratosphere, in, in the 32 galaxies and the thousands that haven't been discovered yet. Shout out to Rita. Anyway, on that note, man, this is Jobs, and I'm out of here. Peace.